Restaurant Unstoppable, episode three, three, one. We need to create the bullseye purpose. I think it should be simple, genuine, and aspirational. Simple, two to five words. If you cannot plainly state your purpose, no one is going to remember or care. It has to be genuine both internally and externally. I don't believe in two whys. I don't believe branding is external culture is internal. I believe purpose is for the world and to align your customers and your tribe together. And lastly, most importantly, I think it should be aspirational, defined by unconnected directly to your product and service. It is not a tagline. The world is ready for philosophy. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is Click the tipsy banner in the show notes. Get on it. Are you opening a restaurant and stressing out with where to start? Or perhaps you've already opened your restaurant and you're finding yourself completely overwhelmed with the day-to-day task that only you know how to do. If you feel this way, I've got good news. You don't have to do it alone, nor should you regain control of your business and your life with restaurants owner.com and if you go to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable you will get a 10 day pass for only one dollar and with excitement allow me to introduce to you today's guest adam friedman adam are you feeling unstoppable today my man Thanks for having me, Eric. And of course I am. When, you, when you're powered by purpose, when you have a vision to change the world, you feel unstoppable every moment. Yes, I love it. And Adam Freeman is a seasoned entrepreneur who enjoys the challenges and excitement of startup companies. He founded Advisor TV, a Chicago-based advice and mar- mentorship community for entrepreneurs, and Mably, a digital marketing agency. In addition, Adam is a contributor at Inc. Magazine, where he writes on topics such as storytelling from a place of purpose, which I'm sure we'll get into today. And I just give the listeners a quick aerial view of who you are, Adam, and what you're all about. I can't wait to dive in and learn more about you in today's topic of just finding that purpose and using your purpose to really drive your business and drive your band, your brand. Uh, but first, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. Take it away. You know, I got to go straight to Abraham Lincoln, not to get overly serious here, but here's what he said when asked about perspective as he contemplates major decisions. He said, when you give me six hours to chop down the tree, I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe. Yes. Oh, man. Really dive into that and what that message says to you and how that speaks to you. You know, as a community, as a society, we focus a lot on the doing. The question becomes, what is our being? What is, where is our mind? How can we make decisions throughout the day, whether it's a simple decision, how to treat a customer at a Starbucks? or it's a major decision by the CEO to acquire another company. We focus too much on the numbers and the details on the weeds. Mm. Let's ask the question of our mind, our state of mind, and make sure that that facts, that mind is sharp enough to make the right decision. Oh man, I love the way we're you know getting this interview started. And why don't you just give the listeners uh, a more like detailed explanation of who you are and what you're all about? I'm going to give a real quick overview because it provides context. I started as an investment banker, received my master's in finance, went into real estate development. I called that entire era the doing era, where I was focusing on profit. I was influenced heavily by the movies that talked about greed being good. We all remember those Wall Street movies. Then I became an entrepreneur, and I kept looking for my purpose, for my calling, 
And then a few years ago, after launching Mably, our digital agency, it dawned on me, I'd like to help the 71% of the workforce that's disengaged in the United States. We're talking about 71% come to work every day. We call them the, the walking zombies mm. that are unenjoying the days. They look forward to Fridays. Mondays are a drag. I want to help them. And to do that, my mission is to get the world to make a conscious choice to pursue purpose. I love it, man. And I, you know, I was looking at your website, uh, Advisor TV, and I was looking at your about page and your your mission just to inspire passion. And passion is the greatest catalyst for change in startups and enterprise. Entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are visionaries motivated by progress. Our mission is to fuel their passion. How do you how do you get people to find their passion? Like, where do you start to if you're in search of your passion? If others are like me, I find great joy and it fuels me to learn stories of others. We may come up with a great idea, we launch into it, and then inevitably hurdles happen. Who hasn't experienced hurdles in our business? And we tend to get a tendency to, to be down on ourselves. We begin to question the entire path. But once you hear the stories of other entrepreneurs and what they've gone through, all of a sudden that context, that journey becomes much more real, much more uh, expected. We're looking forward to those challenges to overcome them, and we have this force, this belief that we can do it just like they've done it. So Advisor to me was about inspiring passion through examples. There are over 800 interviews of successful entrepreneurs that have shared their journeys, whether it's a billion-dollar company CEOs or startup companies, and they all talk about authentically and in a real way, here's what we've done and here's what we've experienced. Yeah, I love it. And there's so much just uh, like so many similarities to what you're doing with Advisor TV and what I'm doing here with Restaurant Unstoppable, just making an example of people who have found their passion and who are changing the world with it. And I don't know if you've noticed the same similarity, but to me, it seems like people who have found their passion don't find it by looking for it. They find it by doing the work and discovering what they're good at just by grinding away every day. Um, would you say that's true? You know, it's a, it's a really interesting question. And, and I know you've interviewed a lot of very successful entrepreneurs. I find there's so many different uh, ways where it, the passion manifests itself or where it's catalyzed. I've seen some folks that commit themselves to the grind. That grind fuels them. It's progress. It's iterative journey. I've seen others that are fueled by finding that purpose, that meaning. They're working every day, not for themselves. They're not focusing on the dollar signs. Mm -hmm. They're focusing on a way to change the world. Mm -hmm. And that change, these millions, tens of millions or billions of lives that they are looking to, to improve, that becomes their fuel and their fire in their belly. Yeah. I've seen all kinds of situations, wherever it comes from. I think it's important to realize no journey is short, no journey is simple. And in that is our reward is to see our progress, seeing it every day and enjoying the journey with the people you adore, right? It's all about who you surround yourself with. Yeah, I love it. And I guess the point, uh, the real message I want to deliver is that like, you won't find your passion if you just sit around waiting for it to come to you. You've got to get out there. You've got to try different things. You've got to get experience in the world and, and learn about the world and find out what resonates with you and find out what matters to you. But you won't do it just you know, being aimless. You, know? you really got to get out there and try different things and do the work. Uh, let, let me echo your comments. Get out there, talk to others, yeah. read books, yes. wait for your, for your gut to just jump up when you hear something that really speaks to you and then grab onto it. And it doesn't have to be final. It's yep. an iterative journey. Yep. Awesome. I love it. And um, you had mentioned something earlier uh, when you were talking about uh, where we are today in the world, where I think you said something like 70 something percent of the workforce is uh, just aimless and uh, kind of like, you know, um, just in a really bad place emotionally. Uh, what were the words you used to explain that? Dis disengaged. So disengaged. Gallup studies continues to do a, a research every year. In fact, they now have an index that talks about what percentage of the folks are really happy and engaged at work and what percentage are not just disengaged, but are poisonous to their organizations. They're seeking for ways to take down their companies. 
And Eric, I've interviewed over 500 companies in the last year for a book project I'm working on. And I can tell you, one of the epic stories was that when I walked into an organization that's a multi-billion dollar company and I met a senior executive, maybe he was having a bad day. But he said, look, everything we talk about here is retirement. That's it. You are here because it's going to be a a financially rewarding retirement for you. And people that are over 40, that's their bullseye. Nothing else. How can you expect John or Barbara to show up to work every day happy? They're just waiting out Monday through Friday, nine to to five, to get to retirement when their life could begin. That is the exact example of this engaged workforce. So chasing retirement or money, in other words, so you can't retire, do you think that's why we got into this position today where we're so disengaged and miserable? I absolutely think that our the course of history, the business schools have all taught us to focus on profit, focus on maximizing shareholder wealth. There's nothing wrong with that. For that time, for our society, that was the right thing to do. We're talking about post-World War II, and, and I don't want to skew into a historical conversation, but I think we are ready for the next evolutionary step, and the pressures are seeing all around us. Millennials will take a job that has meaning over a job that pays more. Yes. There's an entirely new generation of people that are asking new questions, don't have the weight or the baggage of the history that our older generation has had. And their decision-making is going to be now entirely different how they allocate their lives. There's nothing more important than how you allocate your life. Yeah, I love that you you mentioned the whole, you know, first of all, I feel like millennials get an awful rep when I just commend them for, I mean, especially in the restaurant industry, all you hear is like this new millennial workforce just doesn't want to work. No, they don't want to work for you because you're not giving them a reason to work. And today in the first world countries we live in, like it's so easy to have our most basic needs met, food and shelter, like you mentioned in your recent blog post with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You need to go above that. You need to you need to tap into their higher needs. And we don't need to get into that topic. A great book on this is Peak by Chip Connolly. Uh, but it's so powerful. Um, so I guess this kind of leads into uh, our conversation for the day. And I kind of want to break into that conversation by quoting you. I watched your about page over at Mobley. And um, let me find the quote. The quote is, if you want to be a brand that people connect with, you need to live it every day. You need to put it out there and connect with people based on what you believe. I think that's a great segue in today, into today's conversation. So do you want to reflect on what I shared? Absolutely, Eric. It's, uh, in the last couple of years, the following epiphany came to me and to our entire organization. We're living in the age where every executive you speak to at a large company proudly says the following branding is external culture is internal there is a clear divide that essentially tells the world that branding is entirely for you the audience it's entertainment it's manipulative it's deceitful it's an ad it's our best guess on what you will like and connect to because culture is internal that has nothing to do with our branding So the message that we're trying to deliver to the world is to say branding is a reflection of culture. There's a clear connect between how you communicate to the outside world and how you must live your brand every day. Because if you do not do that, what good is your communication? We interviewed Elite Daily's founder and we asked him, hey, you've got an awesome publication that millennials love. Now, Eric, I don't know if I can say this on air, but I'll take a chance. He said, the one lesson I've learned is that millennials will smell BS a mile away. They will smell unauthentic, ungenuine brands, and they will disengage. Yeah. It's so true, and it's so refreshing. It's so refreshing to know that uh, there's just a hunger for just transparency and genuine connection today, mm-hmm. being led by this millennial uh, uh, demographic. And I'm excited for it, personally. I think it's great. <laughs> Me too. And, and it's being echoed. Not, it's being catalyzed by millennials, but it is not only there for the millennial generation. There are plenty of executives at all levels that are joining it gladly by saying we've always wanted this anyway. Yeah. There wasn't enough energy or momentum for us to transform organizations. And let's not forget that every 
progressive unicorn company communicates in a very systematic way. None of them talk about profit. Not a single Silicon Valley that has gained any serious progress has attracted people or retained people or brought on investors by talking about money first. They talk about the role they want to play in our society. Yeah. Oh, man, there's so much I want to talk about. But like you, I, I drift so easily. Screw it. I'm going there anyway. So what what do you think has happened in history recently that has allowed uh, this younger generation of people to think on their own and to be in existence for the right reasons? So first, let's talk about the fact that they may not have the same challenges that the previous generations have had. Relatively speaking, we don't have the war and famine concerns that we would have had if we lived in a a World War II era. We don't have some of the same world challenges. And, of course, I'm going to go there, digital transformation has changed the landscape. Access to information has allowed to, to, to level the playing field unquestionably. And I know everyone is talking about it. It's important to bring it up. But I think there's more. I think it's beyond that. I think the way their millennials are interacting, what digital has done to bring us together is no longer, hey, just a cool car or just a big house. I think we're enjoying seeing each other's progress and each other's effort and the impact we make on the communities around us. And that celebration is fueling for millennials to step in and say, what else could we do? How else can we ignite it? Because we have the power. We have real power. It is not about lobbying your congressman anymore. It's about starting a Facebook group, inviting all your friends to pay attention to an issue, and you have just become the president of your own cause overnight. Yeah, and the way I like to think about it is uh, whoever had the money had the message 20, 30, 40 years ago. Today, information is so fragmented that we can we can choose what message we want to listen to, and we can basically just we just have so much information especially younger generation who live in computers like they aren't going to let the media sway what they what they let you know their decisions become uh that wasn't spent i could have probably said that clearer but i think you understand <laughs> what i'm saying uh and it, it's no, so you, hopeful you it. it's so hopeful uh and i i mean I, i'm happy we kind of dive, dove into that a little bit but let's kind of talk about you know why we originally came together to talk today which is the whole idea of now that we know um that just this that you know culture in who you are is so in purpose your, your purpose your, is so important how do we create a purpose-driven brand where do we start to do that so eric i warned you before we started i may drift <laughs> a little bit but i'm super passionate on this specific topic so here we go um I think purpose, or as Simon Sinek said, start with why, and I interviewed Simon a year and a half ago, I think these two concepts have resonated very well across the world. Where the challenge becomes is no one has defined them. Here's what I mean. I have met companies that would say, hey, we have a clear purpose. We want to make $10 million. That is our why. That is what drives us. In fact, I'll give you three most common responses when I've interviewed 500 companies of all sizes and all industries in the last year and a half. The first camp we entitle Cliché Armageddon. Their why is something so standard, they would say, we build long-lasting relationships. And they would say, we mean that was the next comment because we know it's cliche and it's standard. The second camp is my favorite, forgot my homework. We have a mission or a vision statement, but we forgot it in our office. (laughs) And the third, I call a long story. They, every executive I would interview from that same company would give me a long story. Now they're, they're proud and they're genuine stories, but how can you catalyze the world around different stories by the executives? So I think, and, and, uh, you know, hopefully these 500 companies that have helped us get to this place will all agree we need to create the bullseye of purpose. And that is our first gift to the world through the book and every communication that I have available to me. I think it should be simple, genuine, and aspirational. Simple, two to five words. If you cannot plainly state your purpose, no one is going to remember or care. It has to be genuine both internally and externally. I don't believe in two whys. I don't believe branding is external culture is internal. I believe purpose is for the world and to align your customers and your tribe together. And lastly, most importantly, 
I think it should be aspirational, defined by unconnected directly to your product and service. It is not a tagline. The world is ready for philosophy. So I'm going to take a pause there, Eric. I don't know if I went too far in the, in the weeds on this one. <laughs> you can go wherever you want to go, my friend. I am on board. Let's just take this thing wherever we end up. <laughs> so aspirational is about unifying the, the, your, your tribe. Like you said, millennials are coming to work. Why? Are they here for $10 an hour, $20 an hour? Give them a reason for being that's beyond, but don't make it a BS reason. Make it real. Live it. Believe it. You yourself, if, if a founder of a company is listening to this podcast, entrepreneur, you launched a business, let's ask the question, why do you come to work every day? Is it for that million dollars, $10 million paycheck? Take your mind and go straight to you having the check in your account. What will you do next? Next business, more money. Does money bring happiness? Let's learn from endless lessons in history. What would make you happy? Start within yourself, then rally the troops internally, then rally the world around you. I love it. Uh, it's just, you know, one of the things I like to say uh, is start small, create an impact, uh, go inward, not outward in the beginning. I think a lot of people when they're starting a restaurant or any business, they're looking through a, a microscope or sorry, uh, a telescope when they should be looking through a microscope, looking inward to find out why they're here, what the purpose is. And once you go in and you can imprint yourself on the others immediately around you you know that and you have a really solid purpose over time if you're patient that growth can happen but it's it's from looking inward not outward does that say to say is that kind of where you're going with this absolutely we we refer to it as saying start within mm. and then as part of my research we've talked to a lot of neuroscientists psychologists psychologists psychiatrists to say what does this all mean and here's what boils down to when you communicate with belief, that's, what, that's the difference. Real purpose, aspirational purpose, is your belief. When you communicate strongly with belief, your mind and body transforms. We refer to it as goosebumps. We refer to it you know, as, as having the energy, as, as feeling the message. When you communicate with belief, you're different, but the people you're speaking with, whether it's the tribe or the customer, it doesn't matter. They will be different they will feel you completely differently than you creating a, a pitch, a uh, you know, profit statement or projection or an elevator pitch that's based on a value proposition. Interesting. So that belief will transform you. It will transform everyone around you. And if the world thinks there's a place for your belief and the unify, you can, uh, you can go viral. I love it. I'm curious. Um, do you know what's happening on the psychological level, what's happening in the mind when uh, we deliver these, you know, aspirational, authentic, deep messages? Like what's so, happening in the mind? Why do we want to connect and follow brands that, that connect with us on that emotional level? We have a whole chapter of, of the book that I mentioned, Science of Story, that will be coming out later this year. We, we, in some points, we say that the future brands are in the business of oxytocin. So we have chemicals in our body, in our brain, that react differently to stories that resonate with us, that resonate on a true emotional level. Um, now, I'm not leading that part of the research, so I am not going to butcher what amazing people are putting together. All I can say is there is a chemistry that's associated with the level of depth of our stories that is why some movies make it, some don't. Some communication strategies make it, some don't. It's a science of how our brain reacts to information. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I'm going to paraphrase. I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Daniel Goleman, uh, Social and Emotional Intelligence. I'm reading his book now, Focus. Um, great author, uh, just incredible thought leader. Um, and he discusses yeah. like there being a high road and a low road. And the, the low road part of our mind is, is basically like a super processor that's you know just cranking out uh, data at like an incredibly insane rate and everything that we do, every encounter we have in our life is being stored. We not might not have access to that, but it's there. So when we can tap into that like low road processor and that low road processor can identify with what you stand for, uh, what your purpose is and that low road processor is like, that's me. I, I belong to that. Like that's what I believe in. That's what my values are. 
it's like it's very like subliminal it's very like under the radar but it's there and it's happening and it, it's like you you identify um very subliminally do you can you speak to that at all 100 percent. we can call it that there's different concepts we could refer to it as conscious and the subconscious yeah. mind one of my greatest favorite book is a mastery by Robert Greene that talks about you know, so many hours of you being in a specific industry, you receive the subconscious information that now when you make decisions, when you, when you come up with new ideas, they come from a place that you can't even quantify anymore. Whether it's, uh, you know, captains of ships, they used to go from island to island and they couldn't explain how they got there through experience, through years and years of evolution. Tapping that, resonating with people at a level that is super um, internal, right? It, it's, it's almost, I don't, I don't know if the right word is speaking to the soul. There's so many ways that our society now is attempting to understand the human mind, but it's, it's being real, being genuine, being you. The age of manipulation and deceit is coming to an end and it's happening fast. Yeah, and uh, just another quote that kind of like compounds off what we're talking about right now, and I believe this came from one of the articles you wrote for Inc. For the most successful brands, ones that connect authentically with customers around purpose, there is something more, something deeper, some deeper need that they are filling through the products they make and how they make them. So what's what's that something more? I think what we're talking about right now is is the that something more, that something greater. It's that internal, deeper connection. And I guess my next question off of that is, how do we go and find that purpose? Like, what's what's your advice for finding the purpose? Is that kind of like the same advice for finding the passion? You know, it's an interesting question. So finding your purpose for a startup is a little different than an existing organization, and uh, we have dedicated quite a bit of time to discover the process behind, you know, finding a purpose. And we've talked about the bullseye. It's simple, genuine, aspirational. If it's a brand new company, we suggest the founders to continuously evolve to find that bullseye, those parameters, but to go, this is a unique opportunity in the life of your company where you have no boundaries, you have no limits. Give yourself the permission to ask the question, how can you change the world? that unifies the group that you have. If, however, it's an existing company, there are exercises that we recommend, but the focus of them is get as much of your ecosystem as possible. Internal stakeholders, ideally, get them all involved. And we're not saying it has to be collaborative and everyone has to agree to one sentence or one statement. Get their input, get their buy-in. Ask them questions such as, why do you get up in the morning? What is the moment in the day where you're most excited or rewarded? What do you tell your friends and family why you like this job? Do you see this as a job? There are three levels that people look at, in my, in my experience, on a nine-to-five basis. It's either work or a career or a life's calling. How do you get as many of them as possible to a life's calling where there is no vacation necessary if you love what you do every day now it may be good to go and get inspired but you don't have to go because you're burnt out so the discovery process is giving yourself the permission getting as many internal stakeholders as possible and iterating do not wait for what's going to be perfect and you think will last eternity iterate until you find what you think is going to last but in the words of Hewlett Packard founder in 1960s, he addressed his internal team and he said, purpose should last at least 100 years and it should be a North Star, never to be reached, but always to be pursued. So when you do lock it in, there may be little tweaks here and there. It will be the guiding light for your organization into perpetuity. Man, I love this. And you put a lot of emphasis on the whole concept of giving yourself purpose. So what does that action look like? How does that feel internally? Like what conversation are you having with yourself to give yourself permission? So invest, a quick warning, an ex investment banker is about to talk about meditation. How does that even happen? <laughs> it, I, I, when I got my master's in finance, I spent no time on mindfulness and anyone that would talk to me about this fluffy stuff, I would joke and keep running with my spreadsheets. I think we're ready to begin asking questions of being 
valued as much as doing. How can you run through the day? And by the way, ask the question of what is my reason for being on this planet? Why am I here? What, what do I want to do with my life? This is not an accidental question. You have to be in the right mindset. For those who are listening and skeptical of meditation, I would highly suggest it. Tim Ferriss, one of uh, legends in, in, in the world of podcasting and talking to most successful people in the world, he's interviewed some of the world leaders, and 80% meditate daily. Arnold Schwarzenegger says that one year of meditation has changed his life. Adriana Huffington says twice a day, 20 minutes each. Busy people who dedicate their time to getting the mind in the right, in the right in setting, in the right zone for them to make these decisions. So your question was, how do you find that purpose? I, I would start with putting your mind in the right place. Forget the short-term bills. Give yourself the permission to stop worrying for a day, for an hour, for whatever time frame you have to pause. All of these things today will go away in a year or two years. It will all change. You have a lifetime to commit to a cause. Think about what you care about, what matters most. How do we align our product with our purpose once we find it? Is there a process to that? I think it should be an extension of what you believe. What you do, what you sell, what you represent, what your tribe does every day should be perfectly aligned to manifest your purpose into, into reality. And I think right there, there's a real challenge for companies that have created a social responsibility that has continued to, to, to gain momentum with enterprises. That I, and I think it's great. I think they're doing a lot of good. But when you look at the root of why they're doing it, it's for PR. And it doesn't align to the product or their services. And their tribes, are, most of them are not even involved in these efforts. Or if they're involved, it's what my wife actually refers to as voluntold. It's voluntary, but it's told to do that. Because <laughs> here's three hours at your job. You've got to go help this cause, and we will deduct it off our taxes, and we have a whole PR campaign around it. That, we don't believe, is the bullseye of purpose. The bullseye is one, and I spoke to Freshy a couple of weeks ago. I don't, for, for those who are following it, they became a publicly traded company. When you discuss why they do what they do, and their franchisees are changing, creating healthy meals across now United States and I believe Canada, they ask the question of what, how does our product align to our beliefs perfectly? And when that happens, that's when you can truly resonate and be real. Yeah, it, I, I love it. And I mean, I think one thing that is worth discussing, especially for a restaurant, like what is the product? Uh, I feel like so many people will instinctually say the product is the food, but the, the product is the emotion, the experience. So how... I mean, do you want to kind of take over with what I'm saying? Like, how do you create that experience into a purpose? Totally, Eric. And, and by no means am I an expert in the restaurant industry, but I've talked to, you know, Epic Burger. I've talked to Cooper Hawks. I've talked to Wendy's. I, I've discussed this with Freshie and a few other companies. And uh, to me, the, the meal, the actual food is an aspect of the experience. And let's take, let's take an example of Apple. Whether you love them or you hate them, you've got to appreciate what they've done. It isn't about what the phone does. It's the experience that we value. And that experience does something within us. Most people buy products that are a reflection of themselves. Mm -hmm. That product begins to be an extension of us. It cues up feelings, emotions. It cues up a state of mind. It's how you feel during that experience that we now value more and more. And with a food, with a restaurant, of course, there's an element of ingredients, right? Some people may care about what the ingredients are. Some may not. When I met with Epic Burger, which has locations um, in multiple states, but they're heavy in Chicago, what we talked about is actually mindfulness. How does the customer go through this journey, whether they're learning about the ingredients, whether they're placing the order, interacting with the tribe, sitting down in the restaurant and what they see on the physical space, how do we queue up a mindfulness experience for them that is rewarding through their days? And that is a very different question than here's a sandwich or here are fries or here's your drink. 
Yeah, and, and the really what I'm hearing from you is it comes down to the psychographics. People eat at your restaurant because they want to be associated with what your restaurant says about them and the, the, the eye of society. Like, what, do, what will people think about me when I'm here uh, is a big part of it. Is that kind of aligned with what you're saying? It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting philosophical question. I, I think you're right. It does speak to what others will think about them. I am trying to figure out how to get them to ask the question of what does that mean about themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think we're still down that journey. For today, here's an Instagram or Snapchat. I am at a XYZ restaurant. And what is that? Or checking on Facebook. And what does that say about me to all of my friends? Mm. So I'm right there with you, Eric. That's exactly what a restaurantpreneur should be thinking about when they're launching or running their business. Okay. So up to this point, we talked about uh, really getting clear on what your purpose is, finding your passion, and then starting inward and working outward to create that brand because your brand is a reflection on your culture, what you believe, what your values are, what your mission is. And then from there, you work outward to reflect your culture onto your brand. Uh, And then from there, we talked about how to find that kind of really how to find that purpose, which you said to give yourself permission to go look for it and to, to really, you know, practice things like meditation to center yourself. um, So you can get clarity on what really matters to you. And then, uh, now what I really want to talk about is once we really find that purpose, what matters to us, why uh, why we exist and how this reflects onto our brand, how do we use story to really communicate our purpose to our, our audience, our, our target guests? But before we do, Adam, let's just take a quick break to thank our sponsors. Whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran, there's always something new to learn That never ends. (laughs) But what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn. Tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy-to-access location. With Tipsy, you can learn what you want, when you want, by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage, service, marketing, and business operations. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant. You can also use Tipsy as a staff training tool. Through the management platform, you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual memberships are only $9 a month, and as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you receive an extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now. Just find the Tipsy Banner in the show notes. After studying over 300 successful restaurant professionals, I've discovered that to be successful in the restaurant industry, you need skills that go far beyond knowing how to cook. All of our guest mentors are damn near experts on business operations, systems, and culture. That is not a coincidence. That is what it takes to be successful. This is exactly why I tell everyone I know who wants to open a restaurant or is in the restaurant business to get a membership to restaurantowner.com. For only $29 a month, you have access to over 300 templates, including business plans, checklists, forms, manuals, and procedures. In addition, you have countless resources at your fingertips to join a community that has helped over 40,000 restaurant owners make better lives for themselves. Head over to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable and because you are restaurants unstoppable listeners you will get the first 10 days for only one dollar again that's restaurantsowner.com slash unstoppable all right adam so the question again how do you use story to communicate purpose think of yourself as a guy on top of a roof and you've got this big megaphone and you want to scream what you believe to the world across every channel that's available to you. That to me, you know, Eric, if you don't mind, I've got one other quote I want to throw in there that I think is truly important from storytelling. It's, It's two sentences. Here goes. The moment that just possibly you're walking down the street naked, spousing too much of your heart and your mind, and what exists on the inside, showing too much of yourself, that's the moment you may be starting to get it right. Neil Gaileman, University of Arts commencement speech. 
the moment that you feel that you're, that you're walking down naked, it's, it's when you really go super deep and your stories begin to be powered by this incredible, genuine nature and the desire to impact the world, you now look at everything differently. So one example would be blogging. As many companies have a blog. Uh, 90% of the companies I've interviewed maybe you have a different experience if you're asked about blogs, they're totally disingenuous with the content they produce. They think it sucks. Okay. They're doing it for SEO. They're doing it for management mandate. But those companies that have a purpose and communicate it via their blogs, what they believe, they're beyond excited. They want to share, and their customers see that. They want to share with everyone they know. In fact, those companies turn their blogs into what we call media hubs. If you have a belief that resonates with others, why not ask them to share in what you believe? Mm. So if your restaurant happens to be going after you know, healthy eating, I'll take fresh as an example, why not create a media hub about health? And why not connect in yoga instructors, connect in uh, local personal trainers to contribute their content as well? Because you are now a community that has a belief and everyone rallies around it. Hmm. It may not be focused on the industry like health. You may go down a different path. You have a pizza place and it's a community. Why not give a community a place where they can all collaborate and communicate and share ideas around your beliefs? Whatever level it's on, content should be supporting it and your PR should be supporting it too. I run an agency. You won't be hearing me talk about our products on this phone call or our services. Only you will hear me talk about is what we believe is an organization so that I can move the world forward. Okay. And so, the rest we believe will come. So when I, when I say storytelling, it's not necessarily like, oh, like here's the past and here's how we got to where we are today, which you is part of it. But it's also that here and now, that present, like this is what we're doing. This is what we're excited about right now and taking people on that journey as you're evolving and as you're getting closer and closer in tuned with whatever your purpose and every your mission is. It's, it's that like ongoing dialogue. Totally. And you nailed it. We do see a lot of companies talking about, here's how we started. Here's our founder. Here's our story. And, and there's, there is room for that. It is important. Most people want to know how you begun, but that is not the only story. The stories have to be around your beliefs and, and stories of how you're living that brand. How amazing would it be for someone walking into your restaurant to see a video on your social media, whether you, how you make the food, how you collaborate as a team, how you guys have fun together, because that experience they will be a part of will be indicative of that story they see, but how you live your brand. Yeah. And I, I can't put enough emphasis on it. And you've been putting a ton of emphasis on it. It's got to be real. It's got to be genuine. You can't just go through the motions and today's generation can smell the bullshit. Like from a mile away, uh, we're really good at seeing through what's real and what's fake. Um, and, and, let's, and let's reflect on how difficult it is. Yeah. Just, just for a second, Eric. Let's not, let's not set the expectation for anyone listening to this to say, hey, it's going to be done by next Monday, and I'm going to put on a checklist, and it's complete. There are companies that I've met that are billion-dollar brands that gave up, that said we cannot find it. We have too many stakeholders involved. And uh, these are companies, one of them is over $50 billion in valuation. I cannot bring up names. But the point is, it is to find something that matters, that's real, is hard. Yeah. Let's just acknowledge it. But when you find it, the reward on the other side is a new life. It's, it's life's meaning. It's life's work that now begins. So stories... I'm afraid have been trivialized. Well, here's the best story for SEO or here's the best story for social media. The word story has begun to be too bland. It's too much. Now, what kind of content will you produce or what is your tagline when you go on the air next real stories, which is what our book is focusing on the science of story. Real stories come from you living what you believe. And I mean, so much of what we are and who we are today is compounded off of storytelling, passing on that knowledge to the next generation. That's really what it's all been about is just communicating what we know to be true onto the next generation so they can have a better shot at survival. Uh, so our 
our ability to hone in, to tune into storytelling is embedded within our DNA. DNA. We, we need to be able to really resonate with stories because it was crucial to survival. I mean, can you speak to that at all? Yeah, evolution is all about storytelling. <laughs> yeah. Culture is defined through shared stories. And it isn't just for, for human beings. It's across all form of life. Mm-hmm. A, a, you would see uh, examples of monkeys who would go drink water and, other, and, and how they've done it. Another monkey would see it. And that story would then translate to new behavior and off it goes. Mm. So I, I, I couldn't agree with you more that stories are foundational to our society, are foundational to where we're headed. And, and stories that are based on manipulation and deceit are taking this, our society in a direction that I don't think is beneficial. And now is the time for all of us to make a stand and say, hey, what if we all communicated stories that are real? The age of madmen, of stories created by guys drinking very expensive booze and then changing the way consumers purchase, I think is coming to an end. Mm. I, I'm, I so hope it is. Uh, uh, and man, this is like a whole conversation for another day. Just really what, what, how bright the future looks just because of how much we're learning about what really matters to us. You know, money can get us things in life. It can, you know, put worries aside, but really at the end of the day, it's, you know, do we, can we find that definite purpose in life? Can we fulfill our role in society? And it's harder and harder to do that today. I feel like with how big corporations are getting, how automated things are getting, how transactional life is being. Um, But now that we know this, I think, you know, in general, we as humans want to do the right thing. We're good if we're given the right information. So I think that the information's there. Um, do you want to reflect on that? Well, well, yeah, well, one more example I want to give. And uh, Eric, I, I think it will be beneficial for the viewers to associate to, to the depth of what we're discussing, but put it in an analog perspective. I was in a meeting with a publicly traded company's president, and he was challenging me. He said, hey, brand is external, culture is internal. I don't, none of the arguments you're giving me are definitive. So I reached uh, for my extreme and I gave an example that I came up with in that meeting that I've used multiple times since. A boy is getting ready to go on a date with a girl and he checks out her Facebook, her Instagram, he checks up on everything. He learns about the school she went to, what age she is, and he reads every book with pickup lines. He dresses exactly the way he expects her to like. He communicates during that lunch or that dinner exactly as she would want it. So the president of the company here interrupts me and says, he is likely to get lucky. And my response was, I think you're right. He is. But what chance does he have to have a relationship? Are brands looking to get lucky or build a relationship? And if it's a relationship, then you need to become vulnerable and expose who you are. To do that, you got to figure out who you are. If you're launching a restaurant, are you trying to sell a meal or are you trying to build a relationship with that customer that's coming in? And if you are, they got to get to know who you, who you are. And to do that, you need to figure that out first so that you can communicate it through the stories that you share. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Uh, man, this has been a great conversation. Um, I'm, I just want to throw one more thing at you. We're getting close to the end of our time. And uh, I was invited to moderate at the foodable.io conference in Chicago this year on the 19th of May. And they want me to the, – the session I'm moderating, and I want to get your feedback on this, um, is small is the new big when it comes to brand. And um, I know as a moderator, I'm supposed to be neutral and ask the questions. Uh, but, I mean w- – I'm going to go one step further and give you the, uh, the extended info restaurant brands, many of which in the fast casual segment are disrupting the industry by serving quality food and providing increment or incredible hospitality all at the approachable price point and attributing factor is their, uh, to their success is that they are nimble and quickly adapt to market demands, leading executives from some of these brands to discuss how thinking big while acting small is fostering innovation and growth. What What's going through your mind when I read that? Once you go big, care is lost. Once you go brands. big, care is lost. Is that what I heard? That's exactly what you heard. Yep. 
Okay. There are very few brands that have been able to scale care because at the end of the day, when I walk into a Starbucks, I expect a latte. Am I there for that latte? For the exact ingredients they add to that latte? There's much debate that a local coffee shops could outdo the taste or the authenticity or whatever, whatever you want to judge. I'm not going to go down that battle, but I expect an experience. I expect a smile. They're probably going to say my name. They're going to be having a decent day no matter how many hours they've spent at work. That scaling care. It's very difficult to do. I'm, 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 I'm sure there's innovation and I'm sure smaller organizations are more agile, but in the restaurant business, from my perspective, the end of the day, it's that smile when you walk into a restaurant, it's that smile when you get the food, it's that experience that stays with you. And once you begin to open location after location in your chains, that is disrupted and lost. And people walk in to be treated as part of a factory and none of us want that experience because now we have a choice. We can go to a place that cares or a place that serves. We'll always choose the place that cares. Awesome. Uh, I don't need to go any further with that. I think you uh, explained it quite well. And uh, we're getting close to the end of our time. So I just kind of want to end with like a final message. So the person that's listening to this uh, podcast who has aspirations of opening their own restaurant, or maybe they have opened their own restaurant, and they're thinking to themselves, I don't really have a purpose. And I haven't really uh, given my people anything more than just a paycheck and a, a safe place to work. Um, What's your message to that person to get them started on being something greater, uh, something more impactful? First, it's totally cool where you are would be the message. Our society has primed us all to be here today. Business schools, MBAs, it doesn't matter where you went to school. No one has ever talked about purpose in any of the classes. It's simply not covered. So it's cool where you are. Ask the question, do you want more out of life? Because your journey is going to be full of difficulties, full of challenges, full of ups and downs. No question about it. I don't know how many times in my journey I've asked the question, why the heck am I doing this? But now when I'm powered by a vision, whether I reach that vision or I don't, that vision powers me every day. And I feel great about every win, every success. I've quantified it. I want to reach 10, I want to impact 10 million lives with this message. So when you ask yourself, would you like more? And you answer that you do, start the journey of getting in the right mindset, talking to people that you see around you that you communicate differently, that are excited about their life's work, and begin that journey. That's all I'm saying. Start with a baby step. Whether you talk to someone, pick up a book, just start. And where's a good place to redirect this person if they just said to themselves, yes, I do want more. I do want to start. Where's a good place to start? Simon Sinek, Start With Why is a fantastic book. Right? And, a, and a little bit of selfish promotion, Eric, if you don't mind. Not at all. I have a magazine called scienceofstory.org that is a community of people that have come together all around purpose and inspiration. And from that community, we're extracting the book that will be coming out later this year on specifically how to go through the purpose transformation from making a choice to communicate what you believe, which is step one, all the way to how stories are born and how to communicate with internal and external stakeholders. Beautiful. And this is episode 331. One. So head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 331. I'll have the links uh, to in the show notes uh, as well as a, just a brief summary of today's discussion. And uh, who's one person, Adam, you admire in the industry, a, a hospitality professional, a restaurateur, uh, independently owned operator that you think would make a great guest mentor and tell us their story on the show? You know, Eric McHenry from Cooper Hawks you know, that interview just rocked. <laughs> that guy's energy, his perseverance, his story of how he begun to now being part of a, uh, a quickly scaling restaurant coast to coast, his story of challenges, man, when he finished, <laughs> Eric, uh, I tell you, my comment to him was, wherever you are now, you should be 10 times or 100 times based on what you've gone through to get here. 
<laughs> I don't want to burst your bubble. He was on the show and I agree with you. His story is amazing. Uh, was awesome. Uh, but uh, did you listen to it or are you talking about your personal interview? I'll talk about my personal yeah, he, interview with him. He was incredible. I, I had the pleasure of speaking to him and I, I won't make you call about oh, anybody else, but yeah, uh, I agree. Maybe we'll just put emphasis. Head over to uh, the show notes. I'll link back to that interview if you want to learn more about uh, Aaron McEnry of Cooper Hawk. That's It's, it's Aaron, right? It is. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Aaron. Yep. Um, maybe it's not. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'll correct myself in the closing <laughs> <laughs> the closing thoughts. But uh, this has been great. Just give the folks at home uh, a call to action if we want to connect with you, if you want to learn more about what you're doing. You already mentioned your uh, magazine, but how, how else can we connect with you? What else should we be doing to find more about what, the message you're putting out into mm-hmm. the world? My column on Inc., just Google Adam Friedman, Inc. I, you know, I always appreciate comments and feedback about my work there or Mably.com is our digital agency. We have a magazine there as well that talks about the connection of storytelling to branding. So scienceofstory.org, Mably.com, or my ink column are the three best places to connect with me. Again, 331. Head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 331. I'll have those links in the show notes. And Adam Friedman, thank you so much, man, for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh, to come join us and to just make us all a little bit better. There's no questioning. You are unstoppable. (laughs) Thanks, Eric. It's been fun, and keep up the great work. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, buddy, this was awesome. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And thank you so much, Adam, for joining us. Uh, What this episode did for me is kind of just cement so much of what we've already learned on the show uh, indirectly, uh, just by listening to the stories and recommendations of those proven successful. And what we found is that people don't get to this this place of incredible success by chasing profit they chase their passion they they chase their purpose they find their purpose and they wake up every day to live their purpose uh and once you find that purpose once you know what it is that drives you use that purpose use that passion to create your brand make that a reflection of what your brand should or make that 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 purpose that that, that culture a reflection onto your brand it, it's such valuable pieces uh, of advice uh, that we got from Adam today and man just just listening to Adam uh, really made me do some self reflection about like what my purpose is and what my mission is and why I'm here and it's hard to put in, put into words but you know it's just that idea that we live from or we learn from uh, the stories of others and our role in life is to write that story and then to share our story with other people to pass our knowledge down to the next generation so we can have a better chance of prolonging civilization. And that's really what it all boils down to. What I'm trying to do is to give you a platform to connect with these people who have these incredible stories, who have these incredible lessons, these pieces of advice, these recommendations, and to share it all and make us all better. Uh, And man, just, just listening to this episode, help me get clarity on what that is. Just, you know, like we talked about meditating and just getting clear and really why am I doing this? And I hope this guy, this helps you guys. I really do hope this helped you get clarity on what you're trying to do. Take time, take, you know, take a second to, to write these things out, to really reflect, to get together with your partners and ask why, why are we here? What are we doing? What is our purpose? What separates us? Like, why did we start doing this? Get clear on that. It's so powerful. Um, and I'm going to be in Chicago guys this week. I'm going to be getting there in the next couple of days. I'm not too sure how yet. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have admitted that, but I'll figure it out whether it's uh driving out, whether it's on a train, a plane, or whether I got to bicycle my ass out to Chicago. I'm going to be there and uh I I'll be uh, at the foodable.io conference moderating a panel on uh branding on how small is the new big, kind of ironic. Uh and what else will I be doing? I'll be at the NRA show temporarily. I'm going to spend most of my time just kind of pedaling my ass around the city and trying to meet people that I've had on the show and shake their hand and thank them in person and uh, really just go deeper on those relationships. And one lesson I've learned, it's not about meeting as many people as possible. It's about having 
extreme impact on the relationships you already have. So that's my goal while I'm out there is to meet some people in person that I've already met through the show uh, and just to, to thank them in, in person, shake their hand for coming on the show and um, really just, you know, go deep. Uh, so if you're listening to the show, I'd love to meet you. You know how to connect with me. Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com is my email. Facebook slash Restaurant Unstoppable and Twitter, Instagram, Eric Cacciatore. Keep those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio coming up to 90. Let's get to 100 reviews by the end of May, guys. Help me hit that goal, 100 reviews, 10 more. If you haven't left a review, if you love this podcast, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave a review. I'll put a link in the show notes to help you out. This is episode 331. Uh, Thank you guys so much for sticking around this long. I love you all. And until next time, peace out.